Welcome to the Elevate Life Church podcast of the week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Keith Craft. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit elevatelife.com. Guests with us, we're not saying the Pledge of Allegiance, we're just making some faith declarations. Say this with us. I am who God says I am, a child of God, the righteousness of God. I am the apple of God's eye. I am God's workmanship, created for good works, and I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Today I open up my mind to receive the Word of God so I can think like God be like God and do life the way God intended for me to live. Let's lift up our hands. Come Holy Spirit, help me elevate my thinking so I can elevate my life in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, are y'all ready to elevate? Let's go. Greet somebody on your way down. Tell them they're looking good. Hey, well, good morning. So glad that you're here. And again, we just want to welcome Elevate uh, Life McKinney and just so glad that they are with us. We have launched McKinney. And so we love hearing the great reports yeah. of you guys over there, your faithfulness. And, you know, what has it been? Four, is this the is this fourth, fourth week? week? Third week. Third week. Wow. Yes. How exciting. And we love hearing about what God's doing over there. And you're connecting, you're building relationships. Yeah. We're happy about that. Well, today we're going to talk about how to launch rich relationships, but before we do, many of you are aware that one of the greatest men of God in history uh, passed away this week, Billy Graham, at 99 years of age. And uh, for those of you that didn't have the privilege of uh, hearing him preach live, um, I was an 11-year-old boy. Uh, I thought it was 1972, but it was 1971. Uh, and he came and did what they called the greatest crusade. And it was in Dallas, Texas at Texas stadium before the Dallas Cowboys played there. And, um, and so anyway, this week I had the team go back and I said, I want you to find footage from that Texas crusade. And, uh, as you watch this, I just want you to think in your mind that as an 11 year old boy, I'm in the crowd, I'm with my family, with my parents. And at the end, you'll see uh, thousands of people that, that come to Christ. And my mamaw, my grandmother, and my mother were both counselors in that crusade. I was 11 years old, and I said, hey, can I go down there with you and just be a counselor? And so at 11 years of age, I'm one of those kids coming forward. And uh, it was just a great memory. I want to take you back to Texas Stadium, 1971, Billy Graham. Love Star. The whole Bible is a love story. It's a love story between God and man. God loves you. You can't pick up the Bible without realizing that God loves you. Now, God, you can't pick up the Bible either without realizing that God hates sin and God's going to judge sin. But you cannot pick up the Bible without realizing that God loves you. This book is dripping with love and grace and mercy and forgiveness and when i look at jesus dying on the cross i see written in neon letters that the whole world can see god is love god loves you he loves you so much that he gave his son and the bible teaches Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us. And we are to love one another in the same way. And this Bible teaches that husbands are to love your wives. 
as Jesus loved the church. And wives are to love their husbands, and children are to love their parents, and parents are to love their children. And if we're Christians, we're certainly to love each other. You see, Jesus Christ has everything young people are talking about today. He's love, peace, discipline, self-denial, a challenge. He offers it all. He had it all. You put your faith and your confidence in him tonight, and he can change your life. I'm asking you tonight to follow him, to serve him, to let him come into your heart and forgive you of your past sins. You see, you can't come to Christ just any time you want to. You can only come when the Spirit of God draws you. And the Holy Spirit tonight is drawing you. The Holy Spirit is speaking to you. This is your moment, and it may never come again. And I'm going to ask hundreds of you to get up out of your seat right now and come and stand in front of this platform and you say by coming, I do want forgiveness. I do want a new life. I do want to know I'm going to heaven. I want Christ in my heart. And after you come, what are we going to do? I'm going to say a word to you, have a prayer with you, give you some literature, and you can go back and join your friends. But you get up and come as thousands have already come in this crusade. You come and join them. Young man, young woman, father, mother. If you start from that top balcony, it'll take you two or three minutes to come. So start now. We're going to wait. You just get up and come. As you that are watching by television can see here in the Texas stadium, where some 55,000 people are assembled, hundreds of people are coming down all of these aisles to make their commitment to Christ tonight. You can make your commitment where you are, at home, in a bar, in a hotel lobby, an airport. Just bow your head and say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. He will. God help you to make that commitment tonight. And be sure and go to church on Sunday. God bless you. Thank y'all for coming to church on Sunday. You know, Sheila, as a little boy, I, would, I had a little cassette player, and I'd hold my cassette player up next to the television, the box, and I'd record his, his messages. And as a little boy, I'd walk around the house going, over 2,000 people are coming to Christ tonight. <laughs> I, his, his, his voice was so in my head that I would talk like that. My mother would go, what are you doing? I said, I'm practicing my Billy Graham. And so anyway, just know if I ever go into that mode, y'all know where I learned that. And so. Well, uh, you know what? You were practicing your Billy Graham because you had a destiny on your yeah. life and you knew that. Yes, you knew I did. God had called you. And you know, I want to say that to all of you. God has called us all. Yes. And we all function in different roles. And I love, don't you love hearing him, Billy Graham, you know, we've not heard him for years and because he's aged, right? But to go back and to hear the power yeah. and just how, you know, how he used his life. He didn't step back. He didn't right. shrink back through his own insecurity or saying, right. you know what? No one's ever done this before, so I must not be able to right. do it because if, it's, if I've never seen it before. But it's such an inspiration for all of our lives to say, you know what? God's doing something in me yeah. and through me that has never been seen before. And can I step out of my insecurity? Can I step out of my fears? Because 
Obviously, we know Billy Graham. He had insecurities and fears because he was human. And, but look at the millions that have come to Christ and their lives have been changed and the destiny of people's lives, just like maybe you and like our lives that were impacted. Well, I just wanted to give some honor because we're a house of honor. And my two heroes growing up were my mama and Billy Graham. And uh, this week when he passed, just I, th I think there's a mantle that's been passed. I don't think it's just necessarily one individual, but it's for anybody that will take up that mantle and just be used for God and for his glory. And so... Um, anyway, just some great memories. Just wanted to tell you a couple of things before we get in our, into our message, and that is some maybe little-known facts that you didn't know. The first one was on 9-11, on um, uh, while all the aircraft were grounded, there was one airplane that was flying in the United States of America, and Billy Graham was on that one single airplane. Um, it was a 737 that just had him on it, and they flew him from uh, North Carolina to Washington, D.C. Uh, on the greatest tragedy in America to meet with our president and just to pray. And so I find that interesting that when everything else was grounded, there was one man in the air, and that was Billy Graham. And so what a great, great thing. And then the other thing is that there's been three people, three citizens in the United States in the history of America that have been honored to... Um, be chosen to lie in state at the Capitol Rotunda. And uh, at the first part of March, after his funerals are done, there's going to be two funerals. One is a private funeral and one for the public. Uh, Billy Graham will be at the Capitol Rotunda as the fourth person in history honored by the President of the United States and our Congress and our leaders. And I'm just grateful, regardless of what your politics are, I'm grateful for a president that would have the greatest evangelist that's ever lived honored in the Capitol. And uh, I just, I love that, Sheila. What, a, what an honor. And again, he so impacted my life. And I just wanted to just give some honor where some honor was due and just remember um, how much that shaped me. I felt a call to ministry when I was nine years old. I had no idea what that meant. I didn't come from a ministry family at all. And so he became, he became my hero. He became the model. And uh, so while I don't sound like him, I can sound like him. So sometime maybe I will. But anyway, um, how to launch in rich relationships. Okay, honest question. How many of you want to be rich? Come on. And if you don't want to be rich, change your mind. Uh, because... Uh, <laughs> God wants you to be rich, and it's not just about money. What it's about is about really relationships. That's where everything starts. Everything in your life that's truly rich will be attached to the people that you do life with. Let's look at that in Scripture, Psalms, the first chapter. Blessed is the man or woman. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Now, you just see those three things right there. So blessed is the man who doesn't do this, who doesn't walk with the wrong, the wrong people, people that don't have a, a God mentality, and, and therefore uh, the counsel that comes from them, their thought processes, their mindsets, um, are blessed is the man who doesn't, who doesn't allow ungodly people to influence their mindset. Um, and then the second thing, nor stands in the path of sinners. Uh, to sin simply means to miss the mark. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, amen? So to sin means that we miss the mark. So, so blessed is the man who doesn't walk in the counsel, the thought processes 
of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. And what I love about this is that it really emphasizes two things just in this one verse. First of all, the alignments in our life. Uh, ungodly, sinners, scornful. God says, don't, don't walk that way. Don't stand that way. Don't sit that way. Because the second thing that this verse talks about is that whoever we walk with will end up standing with, and whoever we stand with will end up sitting with. And to sit there literally means to have a set or a mind set. And we're going to just talk a little bit about, in terms of having a rich relationship today, to understand what it is and what it isn't. The Bible goes on to say this in verse 2, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night. This is the word of God. Then the third verse, he shall be like a tree that's planted by rivers of water that brings forth fruit in its, in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever that man, whatever that woman does, it shall prosper. Put an amen on that. So God says, listen, this is a way for you to be blessed. This is a way for your life to prosper. Prosper means to get rich. It means that your life becomes successful in every respect. So rich, when we talk about rich relationships, is not just talking about money. Money's included in that, but everything that would relate to prosperity, everything that would relate to the blessing of God on your life, everything that would relate to, to success involves the people that you go through and grow through life with and the people who, who influence your life. Uh, I have three beautiful children. Uh, any, meaning money, because she said no mo. But, but Josh, Keela, and Whitney are a product of Sheila and I coming together. Every dream that I'm dreaming, I have a life partner. I have Sheila to help me bring that dream to pass and other relationships that will help give birth to things that I could not do all by myself. That's what makes your alignments so important. It's more important than your assignment. Most people, when you meet them, they don't ask you, hey, who do you know? Who are you doing life with? They ask you, what do you do? And that's because most people are focused on the what they do rather than the why they're doing what they do and the who they're doing life with. But when you get your why right and your who right, it'll take care of your what in life. Somebody put an amen on that. So... So Sheila, this is part two of what was supposed to be just a part one uh, of how to have rich relationships. And we're going to talk today first about, just give, a, give kind of a synopsis of last week. And that is, first of all, if you're going to have rich relationships, you have to develop a growth mindset. So last week we talked about this, what a growth mindset looks like, what a fixed mindset looks like. And we talked about Dr. Carol Dwick, who who began this research over 25 years ago and, uh, and began to help shape these, these philosophies that are so true and real. I wanted to take it a little bit further, and this is in your notes, so let's go to the next slide, please. Because what is a growth mindset? A growth mindset is based on a belief. Everybody say belief. So all of us have these beliefs, and our mindset is steeped in our belief. So a growth mindset is based on a belief that everyone can change and grow in every area of your life. So when you have a growth mindset, first of all, that, that belief starts with yourself. You, you believe that you can change. And here's what I truly believe. And that is that if you will change for the better, everything in your life will change for the better. 
if you'll change for the better, everything in your life will change for the better. But if you don't change for the better, nothing in your life will change for the better. And that's why some people feel hopeless. They feel hopeless in their marriage. They feel hopeless in their job. They feel hopeless in their family. They feel hopeless in their life. And that's because they have what we call a, a fixed mindset. Well, what's a fixed mindset? They're both based on beliefs, but here's what the belief is, that everyone is just the way they are and everything is what it is. And it's so easy for us, Sheila, to get on the fixed mindset life because we don't realize that's our natural default. Our natural default is just to have the thoughts that we have because of how we were raised, because of our, our ethnicity, because of where we were raised, uh, what we were exposed to, how, how we've responded to the experiences that are in our life. Those things, whether we realize it or not, they have a tendency to get us on the default side of life so that we're just fixed in our mindset. And, and I think for me, as I just think about that and you making that statement, for all of us, we have these mindsets that we don't know that need to change. We think we're fine just the way that we've been raised or the way that we've thought. And a lot of the ways that we've been raised and maybe the way that we thought are great things. But we need to be ever evolving and growing as our world. And, uh, you know, we can't even stay that way as a church. We're always saying, how can we be better? How can we grow? What can we do different? Because we want to grow with our society and where we are in the world. So when we look at our lives, and I, just being in my family for the 18 years that I lived at home and before I went to college, all I knew was my family's mindset, my family's mentality, until I got outside of that and lived in a dorm with other girls and other people doing uh, things different ways or thinking different ways. Like, yeah, we know that because we do life with people, but until you really get outside of your family and see how other families operate or see how they they do things, then you begin to go uh, open to uh, maybe a new way of doing family or, or maybe just living in the United States of America. We can have that mindset of this is how we are as Americans. You talk about that yeah. very often. And, uh, and, but when you go to another country, just like we have some missionaries right now that are in Gulu, some of our people that have gone that are going to be gone for a few days, and we're excited about that, yes, and God's going to do great things. But do you know that they're going to come back with a different mindset? mindset because of where they've been and there's going to be some things that it are takes going to... a different mindset to even go yeah I mean we absolutely. launched them we launched them into that but Sheila here's the bottom line um, I'm in uh, what the world would call a white box so somebody looks at me and say well you're white well no that's white so I don't know what that is but I call it peach whatever but so uh, but but we we're in ethnic boxes we're in age boxes. Uh, we are in boxes that other people put us in. And some people never get out of the box. You know, I, I say it like this. You know, you, you come to the world and they tag you as pink or blue. And then they put you in a box and everybody looks at you. And the first time people really ever see you beyond your immediate family is in a box. And then you, you get put in a carry box and they take you and put you in a car box that has wheels on it. And then they take you to the house box, and then you're introduced to your room box that has a bed box with box springs and even rails on it that look like bars, and that's your first view of life. And then you go sit at a table box, and you go to the ice box for all of your food, and then you get a lunch box, and you go to school, 
the school box and you sit at your desk box and for many years you're just at that box and then your dream is that someday you'll have your own box, your own desk box, uh, you'll have your own office box and your own house box and your own car box and you try to make it better with different wheels or different colors because that's your preference on your box and then you come to the end of your life And they put you in a box. And so some people, they never get out of the box. And watch this. It's a fixed mindset that if you don't realize, people all around you are putting you in a box. They're, they're, they're putting you in a, in a mindset that they have. So you would fill in this blank. White people are. You would fill in this blank. Black people are. You'd put in this blank. You know, Republicans are, you'd put in this blank, Democrats are, you'd put in this blank, rich people are, you'd fill the blank, poor people are, you'd put in this blank, people in Frisco are, uh, people in South Dallas are, you would put in, you, in other words, we have, because of these fixed mindsets, we have things actually that come out of our mouth like this. Uh, a leopard can't, like, how do you know that? Who told you that? Well, everybody knows that. And these are the kind of things that in my book, Your Divine Fingerprint, I have one chapter that's called Life Sentences. And our life sentences that come out of our mouth sentence our life. And what comes out of our mouth is based on our mindset. The Bible says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So Sheila, in your family, for instance, and I knew this very early. I didn't know to call it a mindset. But, uh, but what, what, was, what was a prevailing mindset that you grew up in? Well, because I grew up with three sisters and we were really pretty obedient girls, we wanted to please and we wanted to do what was right. And so didn't we, you know, we weren't perfect in that, even though my parents and specifically my mom and grandmother thought that their uh, three daughters and granddaughters could never do anything wrong, is that I didn't need to change. I was fine just the way that I was. And, uh, and so when Mr. Mr. over here came in my life and told me that I need to be my best for God, and uh, it's like, what does that look like? Because you're already your best. And, and so it's just me even getting out of that to say, okay, I like the fact that my mom thought I was my best and I didn't need to change because it didn't require any work, so right? you can imagine when, I, when, I, when I'm drawing this triangle at 16 and she's 15, and I'm saying, hey, you be your best for God, and she kind of tells her, parents about that or her mom about that it's like well what is like what does that mean you're already your best is he trying to make you something like you're not and that that became immediately a point of contention between us again a fixed mindset I remember asking her grandmother one time I said okay I just want to ask you a question it was just the three of us and I said has Sheila ever done anything wrong she didn't bat an eye she said nope she's never done one thing wrong how would you like to be married to that <laughs> How would you like to have a relationship with that? Listen, it was a lot of work for me, more so than for him, because I had to realize that I didn't do everything right. I thought that I did. I was the one that introduced her to her <laughs> imperfection. That, that, isn't that beautiful? Why? Because I was imperfect. Like, if we're going to do life together, it's not you perfect and me imperfect. And see, that's what happens in marriages. We don't even realize it. Now, what's the converse to that? that maybe you grew up in a home where the last thing you heard was that you're perfect. Maybe you heard the opposite. You're good for nothing. You can't, you're never going to amount to anything. It's still a fixed mindset that you have to overcome. Yeah. 
and neither one is better. Both of them are fixed because you allowed what somebody else said to set your mind. It became a mindset. I'm no good. I'll never, I'm poor. I'll never amount to anything. I'll never measure up. And by the way, most people don't struggle with what she struggled with. Most people struggled with what I'm talking about. And the truth is, that is the mindset. The mindset is something that you have to really take ownership of and acknowledge. Hey, am I more on the fixed mindset side of life or am I more on the growth mindset of life? And my challenge for you, just like my challenge was for her, I didn't know to, I didn't know to call it that, but was to, for us both to be about a growth mindset. Hey, let's don't just go together. I said it last week. Don't just go steady with me, but it was the invitation to grow steadily with me. So let's take a look at what it means to develop a growth mindset. Take a look at your notes. First of all, be willing to grow beyond your normal. Most people are good with normal because they don't know super normal. Most people are good with good because they don't know best. In other words, most people just want a normal marriage. They, they, they really don't, but they think, like, I just want to be normal. I just want to have a normal life. I just want to. No, you really don't. Not if you want to be rich. Rich is not normal. Great relationships are not normal. Great families are not normal. Great men are not normal. Great women are not normal. Great young people are not normal. Yeah. In other words, great literally means in the 1828 Webster's Dictionary, beyond normal. So if you're gonna have a growth mindset, you have to be willing to grow beyond your normal. Number two, you have to choose to have a positive attitude. We'll come back to this, but, but the only thing really that all of us have ownership of is our attitude. And I love again what my friend Zig Ziglar used to say all the time. He says, it's not your aptitude, but your attitude that determines your altitude. You see, so many people don't understand that you will not get fired first for doing a bad job, you'll get fired first for having a bad attitude. And all the business owners said, like there's a lot of people that can do your job. Some people can even do your job better than you. But nobody can have an attitude that's better than your attitude. And if you have a growth mindset, here's what you gotta decide. Here's gonna be my disposition. What I'm gonna live from the inside out it's my attitude that's the little thing that makes the biggest difference in my marriage, in my business, and in my life. Why? Because I'm fixating myself on how I'm going to be. So you've heard me say this many, many times, but that's part of the reason why I get up in the morning and the first thing I do before I get out of bed is I, I start getting my mindset on. The Bible says, and I can hear Billy Graham saying it, clothe yourself with righteousness. It's like, it's like we are to be clothed with righteousness. What does that mean? Not, okay, I'm going to do more right today than I did bad. I'm going to do more good than I did bad. No, being clothed in righteousness means to be clothed with a desire to do things God's way. And so part of what I do in the morning, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice. I will be glad in it. I'm fixing my mindset. I'm, I'm right up front. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's my attitude. I'm putting on my I can do today because there's going to be a lot of can't that I face. I'm putting on my possibility thinking because there's going to be a lot of impossibility today. I'm acknowledging, God, you made this day. I honor you. And because you made this day for me. Do you know that when you came to church today, every 
every tree you drove by, whether you noticed it or not, God made that tree for you. Every flower, whether you noticed it or not, he made that flower for you. The sunrise today that you beautifully saw that you didn't see that much this week, God made it for you. But God also made the rain for you. In fact, everything in this earth was made for you and we can just go through and our mind is so fixed on where we're going, we don't realize how beautiful the journey is and what a joy to be sitting next to this one along the way. In other words, we've got to be the ones who have a positive attitude. The next thing is if you're going to develop a growth mindset, you've got to give people room to grow. I'm telling you, this is the biggest thing that separates people from people. It separates marriages. It separates friends. It separates business partners. Why? Because watch this now. We start viewing people through the filter and the lens of our own fixed mindset and start deciding, well, that's just the way they are. Again, what's the fixed mindset? Well, people are who they are. They don't change. And, and nothing around them is ever going to get any better. It's going to be, it is what it is. So you have to decide, I'm going to give people room to grow. That's why I've chosen to give people mercy. I want to err on the side of mercy. You know what happens when you have a growth mindset? It'll keep you from judging other people. Because guess what? When you're judging someone, it's not because of how they are. It's because of how you are. You're saying they're this way. They're that way. Why? Because you're, you're, you're judging them through your own fixed mindset filter rather than blessed are the merciful for they shall receive mercy. How many of y'all think maybe in the future there may be some area of your life or maybe right now where you could use a little mercy. You're missing an airplane. They see you running down the corridor. Stop the plane. There's Bob. How many of you might stand before a judge someday? Let's hope not. But let's just dial it down a little bit for a speeding ticket. And he has the power to forgive the ticket or has the power to make you pay the fine. And you just say, you know what? I'm not even going to try to prove that I'm innocent. I'm just going to put myself at the mercy of the court. I want to live on the side of mercy. I want to give people room to grow. I don't want to judge them as this way or that way because when you do that, here's what happens. You separate yourself from friends and from the alignments that God has put in your life to help you grow into your future. You know, it's an amazing thing. Most marriages that end, end before the 15-year mark. Most relationships that end, end either right around the 15-year mark or before the 15-year mark. It's pretty amazing. And you know why that is? It's a business principle because it's a natural, supernatural correlation. I don't know if it has to do with the number five, which is the number of grace. But right now, if you're in your career and you, you hadn't been going 15 years, let me tell you what happens at 15 years. What happens in, after 15 years is time doesn't just tell, time reveals. It shows you who's going to go with you, who's going to grow with you, and there is a trajectory in the business world and in the business cycle of business that if you make it past the first five years, that's the test. The next test is not 10 years. The next test is 15 years. In your marriage, if you've made it 15 years, you're probably going to be married with that person for the rest of your life. So get Get on growing with it in the name of Jesus. Amen. So, and then finally, number four, if you're going to develop a growth mindset, you have to believe that whatever your greatness is, that it can make any situation better. Everybody look up here at me. I teach this. I preach this. I pray that you'll have ears to hear it like never before today. You have a fingerprint that nobody else has to leave an imprint that nobody else can leave. 
That's in your family of origin. That's in your family of choice. That's on your job. That's in your church. That's in the kingdom. That's in the world. In other words, there is a deposit of God's glory. Jesus prayed in John 17, 22. God, you've given me your glory. Now I give it to them. When I take ownership of that glory of God, the psalmist said it this way in Psalms 8. You have been crowned. Everybody say, I've been crowned with glory and honor. We have the glory and honor of God. And guess what that means? We have greatness that everywhere we go, everything gets better. Every room, every situation, every problem has a last name called solved. And every conflict has a last name called resolution. And when you begin to see yourself as that kind of person, that you have the greatness of God, that he's blessed you to be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, have dominion. He's blessed you to walk into a situation. And even if it's a normal situation, it just became better because your greatness walked into the room. Why? Because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. But most people do not carry themselves that way. Josh was about six or seven, and we were at Six Flags Over Texas, and uh, we walked into the restroom. We were the only two in there, and it was a mess. And I just paused for a minute. I said, son, you see this restroom? He goes, yes, sir. I said, you see how filthy it is? He said, yes, sir. I said, we're going to clean it up. I said, you know why we're going to clean it up? He's just looking at me. I said, we're going to clean it up, not because it's our mess, but anytime the crafts walk into a room, when we walk out, that room is better because we were in the room. He looked up at me. He's sitting right here on the front row. He looked up at me, and I said, will you help me do it? He said, yes, sir. What was I doing? I was speaking into him that no matter what kind of hell, no matter what kind of mess, no matter what kind of dung that you walk into, that when you walk into that situation, it doesn't stay the same because you are there and your greatness came into the room and the room got better. Guess what? There was nobody thanking us when we walked out. Somebody that came right in, in fact, came right in after us, didn't go, wow, this restroom is really clean. Usually it's filthy. Here's what I'm telling you. Whether it's your marriage, whether it's your business, whether it's a restaurant, whether it's a restroom, when you walk into that place, when you walk out, do something to make that place better. And you've got a growth mindset that's saying, that's what's going to happen in my life. Every time I walk in, things are going to get better because God is in me and greatness is in me. So Sheila, before we moved on, I just wanted to come back to growth mindset. This, today I'll fly to Alabama to do a mastermind with business leaders tomorrow. And, uh, and then this week on, t on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, we'll do six different meetings. And what's my goal in those meetings this week, Sheila? It's to help perpetuate a growth mindset so that everything in these precious people's lives who are investing in themselves will grow better. And I, I leave you by saying what I said when I first started, and then Pastor Sheila's gonna talk about this next thing. I leave you with this thought. Everything, everybody say everything. everything. In your life will grow better if you grow better. And you know what you're doing right now by being here? You're growing better. You're growing better. And Sheila, when we put God first, here's what happens. It honors God. He opens the windows of heaven over our life. He pours out blessings on us that we cannot contain. And even while you're sitting here, and now I'm prophesying, I didn't say this last service. I didn't say it Saturday night. This is for you. Here's what I'm saying. 
right now while you're sitting here, God is fixing something for you that needs to be fixed. I don't know what that is, but you think, it, you, think you can do nothing about it because you've honored God today. You're going to leave this place, and some of you are going to hear the report. Listen to what happened while you were in church. When you put God's kingdom first, he's going to prove himself in your life. Somebody put an amen on that, and let's believe that. Amen? Well, if we're going to have rich relationships, the next things that, thing that we need to do is we need to make our brain grow. When I did a little bit of research on this, it excited me because I don't know about you. I need my brain to grow. I can't think that my brain is just what it is, but this is what they've thought in the past. Scientists have thought the brain cells that we were born with will be the brain cells that we die with. But that's not the case. With more research and more science that's been done and studies and all those kind of things, they've realized there's a neural circuitry that happens in our brain. And there's, there's these neurons that are going away. No, no, no. Or they're coming back and we are capturing and gaining more neurons. So I'm wanting more neurons. But how are these neurons going away? That's what I need to know. Because there's this neuroplasticity that it's like this flexibility that it's in our brains that causes these neurons to connect. Well, how does this happen? How do we have this growth mindset? How can our brains continue to grow? It is by information. It is by application in our lives. It is by life experiences. So for all of us in our life, when we look at our lives and we look back and we tell stories, man, if I would have known what I know today that when I was in high school or when I was in college or whatever that season was, the reason why you don't know it is because either there wasn't the information, there wasn't the life experience, because of your experiences that you have today, because of maybe it was that first marriage that you had that you say, man, if I'd have just known what I know today, then I could have made my marriage work. Well, we can't look back, right? Those life experiences caused us to have the brain cells, caused us our, for our brain to go grow because of those life experiences that we have. So, so let's don't look back. Let's don't make that a negative. Let's make that a positive to say, I'm a different person today because of what I've been through in my life, whether so that's Sheila, negative or positive. Let me just say this too. So here's what happens with experiences, for instance. We have an experience. We all have experiences. If I choose to be negative about that experience, what I'm fixing in my mind is there's nothing for me to learn from that. There's nothing for me to take responsibility. I immediately begin to post blame and it starts to grow the wrong things in my life for the rest of my life. When I can take ownership and say, it doesn't matter what's happened, I'm going to learn from that experience. That's where my brain grows the right way and not the wrong way. That's where the positive overtakes the negative. Yeah, and see, if you look at your brain as a tool, so with a tool, it can be sharpened. It can be strengthened. So if you look at your brain that way, how, how are we going to sharpen our brains? So we're going to sharpen them by our reading, by learning, by repetition, by 
our life experiences. So when we do this, when we read and we learn and we're about personal growth and development, and that's what Elevate Life Church is about. You're going to be inspired. You're going to be encouraged to grow and develop. What I'll happens? that over a Yes, baby. and what you're happens? You're going to be encouraged and inspired, and life is going to change for the better, Absolutely. and you're going to get richer and richer and in every area. Your brain is your growing. Your brain is going to grow. And you're strengthening, and there's something that's happening that you go, you know what? I don't think the same way. My life isn't going the same way. My marriage, I'm not having as much struggles because I'm sharpening this tool that God has given me and by the more information that I'm receiving by coming to church by standing and being a part of worship by pressing in by learning this word by knowing what God's word says and by the Holy Spirit guess what your brain will change you will be strengthened you will be empowered when you know what God has done for people and what God what's happened in people's lives and the word of God and you say if he will if he does it for them he He's going to do it for me. All of a sudden, your faith begins to grow. You begin to be inspired to yes. say, I can do more. And I truly can do all things through Christ yeah, who gives me good. strength. And so that your mind is a tool. It's being sharpened. We see this in, if you've read the book called Outliers with Malcolm Gladwell, he did a study and he was, was researching some of the most successful people in the world. Why were they successful? And what he found out is that they had 10,000 hours of practice in whatever that field was that they were successful. So what did that mean? That they were practicing, they were researching, they were reading, they were studying. So that's so important in our lives. We can truly get stuck in a mindset and say, this is just my life. This is the way it's always going to be. Or we can begin to say, you know what? I'm going to set goals for myself. I'm going to improve my life. I'm going to begin to read. What am I putting into my brain? Because we have this subconscious thought process. Subconsciously, the things that we don't think about, it's this cognitive behavior. It's, our, it's what we, our memory, it's our, um, our reasoning, all those kind of things that we're just going about the day. We're doing the dishes. We're driving in our car. We're going down the tow road, and we're like, how did we get home? I'm pulling up in the driveway. I don't remember turning at or, that or, light. Or in my marriage, how did I get here? Yeah. In other words, man, it was so good, and then, then all of a sudden it wasn't good. We get on autopilot, and, and the subconscious, Sheila, and I want you to emphasize that for a minute, but the subconscious or the unconscious is how we begin to live our life. In other words, we go on automatic pilot literally, and, and, and we're just, it's, it's a type of a fixed mindset, and that's 95% of the time. So talk about that. Yeah, for and a we can stay in that state. And, and when we, we're all going to do that, no matter what, no matter how you personally grow and develop, no matter what you put into your mind, you're always going to, that based on science, there's always, we, we live our lives that way, that 95% of how we live, we're not really being very mindful of, right? So how are we going to change that? We're going to change that, not that we're going to, that we're not going to stay in that state most of the time, but it's going to change the way we think when we're in that state. And it's based on what we focus on, yeah. what we're mindful of. So we're able to sharpen that. We're able to, uh, to, to strengthen that by 
by what we focus on and what we're being mindful of. So me being in the moment when, when Keith and I are talking to each other and yes. when we're sharing with each other that I'm not like this and I'm not, oh, my phone just buzz. wait just a minute, and I'm on my phone or we're sitting together as a family and we're at family, our family dinner yeah. and, uh, and everybody's on their phones and all of a sudden our... We're not even focused on in the moment. We're not focused on each other. So one of the, so what you're saying is one of the greatest distractions today that fuels the 95% of your subconscious and your unconscious behavior is this little device right here. You know, recently, you might not know this, but recently uh, the former senior vice president of Facebook apologized. And the reason he, he apologized is because he was a part of establishing a technology with the intent of getting you hooked on the technology. And so part of Facebook's dynamic was, is that we'll, we'll develop a like and a system that, that actually, when people look at it and they like it or somebody likes something, there, there is a chemical reaction in the brain and, and, and dopamine will be released because again, and so here's what, here's what the immediate gratification becomes. And this is what we don't even realize that part, it drives part of our social behavior as it relates to social media, is that we're on it because of the way it makes us feel, negatively and positively. We get addicted to it. And our and social and emotional skills are learned face-to-face. -face. So we're so not this is, learning. So right, that, say that again, because that's a big deal. And it's not just our, our, so our social skills and our ability to live Connect in the moment emotionally and happens mindful. not just face to face, but eye to eye. But we're not doing that. We're spending more time as you walk through the mall. What do you see? People have their heads down. They're, they're not in the moment, not right. being mindful, not focusing. So what happens is because we're living our lives this way, then we're living lives, we're more depressed, we're more sad, we're more insecure because what we live in our subconscious thoughts are we're not really mindful of. So we're not in our moments when we can focus and when we should focus, we're not doing it. So we just live these lives of just being out there that we, our minds are just thinking all kinds of thoughts that's leading to sadness and depression. But when we start focusing, being mindful, being intentional, training our children this way. I even think about this with Layla. A lot of times in the car, I'll give her my phone to watch YouTube Kids or just to appease her at the table when there's taking a lot of time for the waitress. Instead of taking time and having communication and conversation because maybe all the adults are talking, it's easy to hand her a cell phone. But what are we teaching her by doing that? We're not teaching her to learn how to connect emotionally and socially. What am I teaching her in the car? That all this stuff that's going on. It, it's, it's amazing, Sheila. And when she was two years old, she'd have it. She'd be going. Operating, operating on her phone. But watch this. When our kids were growing up, Sheila, you made them, we made them look people in the eyes. And again, this is a little parenting tip, and you can take it or leave it. But for our kids, it was like the, the reality of, of the focus. Okay, let's just talk about the focus aspect for just a second. In other words, in this moment, there's an, an adult in your presence. And here's what you're not going to do. You're not going to hide behind my leg. You're, you're not going to put your head down. You're not going to act shy. You're not going to act embarrassed because that's your personality. What's going to happen? There's an adult in your presence, and part of the way we show honor 
is we looked that adult in the eye. You remember that, Keila? You remember that, Josh? That's what we did as a family. They were required to do that. They didn't always want to do that. But part of the thought process, part of the growth mindset process is, is that I want you to focus right now and give honor where honor is, is due. And, and so just to have that, rather than just, oh, they're just shy or they're just, no, 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 hey, listen, no matter how, this might even make this person uncomfortable, and sometimes it did. It's like right now, though, my child is a priority, so I'm going to focus on you, focusing on this adult right now, and to give honor. And so, again, it's a thought process, Sheila, that even with our kids, we we're very intentional about it, and this is the power that we don't realize that we have. Okay, if, and this is true, this is science, and backed up with study after study after study, if 5% of our conscious behavior, 5% of our cognitive ability determines the other 95% that becomes subconscious, that becomes unconscious. I mean, can you remember when you first learned to drive? Okay, do you remember? Like, I remember. I remember like, okay, the key goes right there. Okay, now I gotta put my foot on the brake. Now I've gotta put the car in gear. Then when you learn to drive a standard, it's a whole, whole nother level. It's like, okay, do this with your left foot and make sure you, how, how much you pull the clutch out. And, and, and then, and then like, even, even, okay, I'm coming up on a turn. When do I turn the blinker on? How many of y'all remember these things? It's like consciously, well, guess what? Today driving, I'm just happy to tell you 58. I not only came to church and didn't have to think about that. But because I've developed some good habits, I don't have to go, okay, I'm 100 yards from the uh, turn. I want to make sure the people behind me know that I'm going to turn so nobody runs. How many of y'all remember thinking like that? It becomes, that's a simple example of how your life can go on autopilot for better or for worse based on what you focused on with that 5% of your cognitive ability. And so, Sheila, the mindfulness piece that you're talking about is in our marriage, it's being mindful. It's the mindfulness piece about honoring God, about putting God first with our finances. In other words, it's focusing, think about this, it's focusing one dime out of every dollar to say, God, this is yours. In other words, everything in your life, and, and the Bible is clear. God says, if you'll live this way, prove me in this, just get focused and see if I won't open the windows of heaven and pour out blessings on you that you cannot contain. Oh, by the way, here's another thing I'm gonna do for you. I'm gonna rebuke the devourer on your behalf. So it's a matter of focus. It's a matter of consciously, intentionally deciding, here's right. how I'm going to live, here's what I'm going to do. And, and I know for me personally in my life, the 5%, if that's, what I'm, if I'm, if, if that's where I live, then I've got to be very intentional. Yeah. So you know what's happened with us? We've turned off the news. You know what's filtering through my mind when I watch the news? It's negative. It's fear. It don't matter it's, what channel it is. It's, it's, and, and so we're allowing that to come in. Yeah. So then I go out of the day and I've watched the news or it's maybe, maybe it's a different, a particular program or whatever that is not positive, that it doesn't have family values. So all of a sudden in my subconscious, I'm feeling feelings that 
based on what I heard. But you know, some of the most successful people in life, they're very intentional and they're very focused. They read voraciously. They're very intentional about their relationships because then that way when they're in their subconscious, they're thinking positive things. They're, they're in this state of personal growth and development and being positive. You know, I look at too, if people that I've known that, you know, just in my own life, we've talked about health and we've talked about, you know, exercise and how important that is. Why do I get up in the morning and why do I exercise? Because I think about in my family is dementia. I do not want my brain to get where it's not, I don't have plasticity in it, okay? Well, that and, let's, and let's talk about that just for a second. So See we've got this. gray matter, right, in our brain. Well, here's, here's, here's the deal. People don't realize. It's like, oh, exercise is hard. I don't, I don't really need to exercise. It's, it's way more than for your heart. It's way more than just for your overall general health. Listen, exercise is one of those magic things that God knew that we would have to focus on and be intentional about to say, you know what? It actually wakes up gray matter in your brain that would not be activated except for the exercise. So if you don't exercise, there's a part of your brain that's never activated with intentionality. But here's the other thing. Do you know that when you're 40, every year after 40, you lose 1% of your bone density every year? Well, what does that mean? That's a big deal. I have my bone density checked twice a year because bone density is a big deal. Most people over 65 have brittle bones. And the reason they have brittle bones is because they didn't realize that you not only make your brain grow, but this is what God's trying to teach us and trying to show us both emotionally, both intellectually, physically, that the things that I become intentional about make everything grow better and grow right and grow longer. And so when you work out, okay, when you work out, when you actually embrace resistance, both in the physical and emotionally, so in other words, you don't run from the problem. You don't not address the conflict. You don't just want the problem to go away. But when you embrace the resistance, that's what causes growth. So when you pick up a weight, it's not just about growing your muscle it actually strengthens your bone, your bones. So it's an anti-aging thing in the natural. But listen, it's not just anti-aging in terms of our physical body, but it's getting on the supernatural side of life. You know that you're not just a human being having a supernatural experience, you're a supernatural being having a human experience. So what we've got to do is get very intentional about having a growth mindset because we are spirit, soul, and body. So growth in every area. So just a minute, let me just take this moment and just show you this practically in scripture. So the Bible says, and fill in this blank, faith comes by and hearing by the Word of God. So those of you that don't know that, here's what the Bible says. Your faith, your belief, and your ability to take action on that belief comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So now science proves that because I open myself up to hear the Word of God, watch this, I make my brain grow. And so my belief grows. And my belief grows in the right direction. It grows positive and not negative. My belief gives people room to grow, doesn't just judge people. My belief, I get on the side that my future is going to be better than my past. My belief becomes, hey, with me, things are impossible. But guess what? God's on my side, so all things are possible. So all of a sudden, spirit, soul, and body, watch this now, we can focus on the ear. 
wow, it's important that you hear the Word of God. No, your ear is the gate. Your eye is the gate. But then here's what happens. It goes into your brain. So faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. The Word of God goes through my ear. It gets in my brain. And then here's what the Bible says. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So the Word of God comes in. It goes into my brain. At that point, I make a decision. I believe that or don't believe that. I'm going to do that. I'm not going to do that. So the road between your brain and your heart is called application. In other words, whatever I choose to believe and whatever I choose to apply, and I choose to believe this book, how about you? Whatever I choose to hear, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. The Word of God becomes a lamp to my feet. It becomes a light into my path. I will hide, the Bible says, the psalmist said, God's Word in my heart so that I might not sin against God. So I don't miss the mark. Okay, so faith comes by hearing. I hear it. It goes into my brain. I go, I believe that. Yes, Lord, I believe that. Then I begin to take action on that. That's where faith is activated. And then now it's in my heart. It's in my spirit. I'm being led by the Spirit of God because the Word of God is in me. This is what makes reading the Word of God so important, knowing the Word of God, hearing the Word of God so important. Now watch this. Then the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So watch this. Why is my mouth so important? Because what I say comes to pass. Now some people don't believe that. And that's why they're, they're loose with their tongue. They live on the cursed side of life rather than the blessed side of life. They live on the negative side of life rather than the positive side of life. And they can't figure out it's because of what you keep saying based on what's in your heart, based on what's been in your mind, based on what you're choosing to believe, based on what you're allowing to go into your ear gate. Now, here's what's so powerful. I can change anything in my future if I allow the Word of God, watch this, to elevate my thinking, to get planted in the soul of my spirit, and then begin to speak those things that are not as though they were. It's called the word of faith. And I begin to speak things into existence. And guess who I'm becoming like when I do that? God. The word was, or the world was void. That means nothing. It was without form. It was full of chaos. And then God said, let there be light. And there was light. Now here's what's the amazing thing, the next thing. And God saw that it was good. He spoke it and then he saw that what he spoke was good. I just announce and speak over you that you've got a great future. That as you begin to apply the word of God, to speak the word of God in your life, everything that comes out of your mouth is gonna come to pass in the most positive sense. So guard that tongue because out of your heart, watch this now, flow the issues of life. Let me just talk about my issues for a minute. I have this issue that I'd like to tell you about. It's called favor. I have a divine assigned advantage on my life. I wanna talk to you about another issue I have. It's called the blessing of God. I walk in this confidence, this confidence, that if God is for me, who can be against me? That if God is on my side, whom shall I fear? Can I just talk to you about my issues for just a second? My issue is I gotta live with her. Can I tell you that what a blessing. In other words, my mindset is that I get to be with her. I get to 
enjoy the godness that's in her. I get to be the beneficiary of everything that's in her that's good. Watch this. If I speak it, I'll see it in her. If I speak it, I'll see it in that. If I speak it, I'll see it in my future. In other words, this is how powerful that we are. And this is what makes our mindset so important. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Make sure to get your copy of Pastor Keith Craft's book, Your Divine Fingerprint. And visit elevatelife.com for other exciting new content from Elevate Life Church.